Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. If you were to be asked, what do you think uh, the most popular cuisine in the world is? Most would say Italian, right? Well, I would think so. Yeah. Pizza's right up there. For sure. Um, and a lot of people just, it's a safety. Mm-hmm. Like one, spaghetti. It's a comfort food. Uh-huh. Lasagna everywhere. Can't go wrong. And a good and because a lot of Italian food is family style cooking, mm-hmm. it's good for large groups. Yeah, yeah. And and it can be uh inexpensive to make. I put Chinese food up there as well. If you're for ordering takeout for a group of people, I would think that's yeah, a, a popular a one. one. I tell you though, when you order the Chinese, we were at some friends a while back and uh decided to order in. And uh, so we ordered a dinner for four. There was four of us. It might as well have been a dinner for 12. Mm-hmm. It was so much food. Yeah. It's great leftovers. It is It is one of the best cost-effective for yeah. group eating, for sure. Well, it's not Italian and it's not Chinese, although those are both on the list. The number one cuisine is Korean. Really? Yeah. A company determined this because they went uh, to different social media platforms like TikTok, Instagram, and Reddit. And they uh, assessed whether the interactions were positive or negative. And, uh, yeah, Korean, number one food around the world. Favorite cuisine, followed by Italian, Mexican, Japanese, Indian, Chinese, Thai, Vietnamese, Filipino, and Turkish. So we really do love us some Asian food right? on almost all levels. Mm-hmm. It is good. It is really good. But, I mean, um, I know of Korean barbecue. I know kimchi is uh, incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of vegetarian, uh, like, spring rolls and stuff like yes. that that, uh, that probably fit many diets. Yeah. Funny enough, though, uh, Canadian and American cuisine doesn't show up on the list. <laughs> Poutine just doesn't seem to spin people around the world. You don't say. And, of course, the American diet consists of high cholesterol. Right. Would you like some more cholesterol with that? Can I have a plate of high blood pressure and cholesterol, please? (laughs) Uh, Foods that people do love that didn't make the list, and I was surprised with this because this is considered one of the better, healthier diets, is the Mediterranean and Greek. Okay. Mediterranean. If you eat a lot of Mediterranean food, supposedly it's quite good for you. Right. Uh, French, because there's not enough on the plate. Mm -hmm. Eat a little bit. A little too fine dining, expensive too. What's the difference between Spanish and Mexican cooking? Uh, Spanish, I think, is a lot more uh, fish and paella and that sort of thing. Mexican, you're thinking more probably street foods, tacos, burritos. Spicy stuff. And I guess, oh, maybe Spanish and Portuguese is kind of, because I know Portuguese food is very, a lot of fish-based stuff. Right. Uh, Middle Eastern, the lovely Maria loves herself some Middle Eastern. I'm not huge on it. Uh, is there any food? Uh, I know you, you can't take the spice and you're, as you say, a disappointment to your culture. Very much so. Uh, but is there any um, cuisine you just can't take? Like on all levels, or like their food you just you just don't groove with? I do find um, like Indian cuisine mm. is not what, along my palate. Right. Because my, my background is West Indian, which is right. very different. Like curries, the spices are different. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, and whereas West Indian curry tends to be like the wetter curry. Okay. You find East Indian curry is very dry on okay. saffron and different, different spices that just don't kind of meld in for me. I'm with you. I mean, again, I don't, I don't mind necessarily curries and, and some of those other spices, cumin and all of that. I'm fine with them. There's something about the texture, like the sauces, if you get like a, a chicken. Right. 
Is it a butter chicken? Is yes. That, yeah. yeah, some of the sauce. I don't know. It throws me off. And it's funny because my background is British. And, and, and you go to England and uh, Indian food is massive in England. Yeah. Well, it's great, great immigration from between those two countries. Well, but even the pasty British people love it. Yeah. And, you know, these are people who think salt is too much spice. Korean chips. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I find that... I just, it, what's interesting to me is that, like, I went to, uh, I think it was like a Sikh wedding at one point. Um, uh, but anyway, it was, all the foods looked very similar mm. to what I was used to, but tasted completely different. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. Yeah. Because it's probably cooked real. Uh, who knows? Yeah, whatever, it was their authentic taste. Yeah. But it, it was, it was like a burger here and a burger there. They might look the same, but completely, completely tasted different. It, it's like when you go for any Chinese food. You know, if you go, if you go down on Spadina and you go to a restaurant there, and it's full of Asian people, you're like, okay, this is going to be the real deal, because that's usually the case. You go to a Chinese restaurant in Markham, Scarborough, whatever. Right. You're, you're not sitting down to chicken balls and red sauce and and refried rice. It's <laughs> it's authentic. You know, you're getting fish with the head still on it. I I remember going to an Asian restaurant with some friends. Thankfully, they they took us because i wouldn't have known what the hell to order yeah it's all yeah. over the place well you know, diana where my parents were from was west indian in the sense that it's right in the bottom of the caribbean right but a lot of it came from china like my, and oh, so okay. there's a lot of and and the, i guess what they would call it now it's you're seeing is hakka cuisine which is kind of a blend a fusion of asian okay and that's i believe basically what i grew up eating so you uh, as a kid because I know the lovely Maria has told me this. You know, when she was a kid, she'd take leftovers from the dinner the night before. So when she'd go to school, she'd have like a stuffed eggplant, you know. And, <laughs> and the kid beside her was like, what the hell is that? And she's like, I don't know. You want to tra- I just wanted a bologna and cheese or a ham and Swiss, you know. Oh, Did you have you to know, take any of your, your, your uh, leftovers that your friends would go, what the hell are you eating? No, I, again, I was pretty much a disappointment in my culture growing up, so... I would be taking like a pastrami sandwich right. instead of Korean roti leftovers. <laughs> but that being said, I remember, uh, like, if you ever order um, at a Chinese restaurant, you order like the, the, the roast chicken or something mm. like that, it'll come with these like shrimp chips, they're called. Okay. It's like a wafer. You put it on your, your tongue and it basically dissolves okay. or, or, or like fizzes. And I remember taking those in one day, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they liked it, but they were like, oh, these are awesome. But I remember doing those. Yeah, I just remember getting like a, a, a banana, a, a cookie, a bag of right. chips. And that was about it. <laughs> Too much effort for my mother to make a sandwich. She was exhausted from cooking the muffins for breakfast. <laughs> the school buses, I believe... If I take a look at their schedule, you should write this down, put it on the fridge. They run from like just after Labor Day when the kids go back to school to maybe mid-October. Then they shut them down right through till kind of uh, mid to late May <laughs> till school ends. At this stage with the school buses, if the sun is shining too bright, uh, they shut them down, it seems like. It's a big, a big hot topic over the last couple of weeks really is that anytime we get weather coming in like this Mm -hmm. my kids are the same way the second it starts snowing last night they're like oh it's gonna be a snow day tomorrow Mm -hmm. like no we live in canada it's winter yeah 
the school will be open. Is there even snow days anymore? What with online learning? Can't they flip that switch fairly quickly? They, uh, they can go to what they call asynchronous, where they send basically an email home with all the work. Okay. Um, or, or they go to like an online system there. The actual virtual school, mm. harder to do because not everyone has laptops equipped. and that sort Right, of thing. right, of course. Um, so if they're making that switch, it, it took a lot longer to do that. But... What I found interesting was that last week I was looking at some online debate as, as the weather was turning and people were getting upset about the school buses being canceled. And then, and you'll love this, Craig, I'm only saying this just to fire you up, is, it, <laughs> uh, is that teachers were upset because the schools were still open, which meant that... You know, it was okay for them to risk their lives driving to work, but not the the bus drivers. It it comes down to liability, and and the fact that the world has changed now, in the sense that there's no such thing as just an accident anymore. Someone has to be blamed, and there's lawsuits and money and and all sorts of things that come with it. Mm. And with that, school bus companies in the wintertime just don't want to take that on, and and so you're going to find on days when it is bad and. It's not just the drive. It's also you've got kids walking uh, on unplowed roads. Uh, what kid walks roads. to school? No, to the bus. Oh, to, oh, to the right? bus. Okay. Right? So you got to get them across. If, if it hasn't been cleared in right. that area, you got to get kids to the bus as well. And that's one of the issues. But um, those teachers who were complaining about having to go into work mm. at all on a snowy day were not met with... A lot of approval by the rest that were online. When, at this stage of the game, when is a teacher not upset? <laughs> I'd be more shocked if you had a headline in the news. <laughs> Teachers are happy with everything. <laughs> I tell you, I said it before, I'll say it again. There is no bigger group of people who complain about everything than school teachers. And I have had many of them scream at me. Keep screaming. I don't care. I'm not backing down from that position. Look, if my 84 Honda Civic can get through this snow... <laughs> So can a school bus. <laughs> oh, uh, listen, I uh, I got to pat myself on the back here. I did something. This will shock you. Uh, one of our, uh, well, we have um, uh, 14 bathrooms at the, the Venice State. And one of them, uh, the toilet uh, wouldn't stop running. You know, you flush and the water wouldn't stop running into the tank. Right, yeah. So I don't, listen, plumbers uh, around town, don't get worried. I'm not going to steal all your business. Uh, but I fixed myself. The toilet. Come on. I, there was no cursing, no swearing. I went to the store, got the piece. You know, that big, the plunger thing. You got to yeah. unscrew it. The, I shut the water off. I even knew how to do that. Wow. I, I got a bucket underneath to catch the water as you unscrew the thingy to pull the popper up. Whatever that's called. <laughs> he said, uh, I was at the store buying it yesterday. And uh, I'm looking, you know, because sometimes certain toilets have certain models that you gotta you gotta match up the model, right? Um, so I wonder I, how many people in those departments at like Home Depot and stuff just get a picture now? Oh, all, all like the time. People just, here, here's the picture of my you know, crapper yeah. on a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> I want to fix this. Yeah, I was right. I was walking through the store <laughs> with the original piece in my hand. Now this is in the to- back of the toilet where it's relatively clean. You know, your your your, your stuff ain't going in the back. It's right. down and out. But I'm, it's still I'm, pretty dirty, It's though. still kind of gross. And I'm walking through the store, like, shoving it in people's faces. Where can I get one of these? <laughs> yeah. 18-year-old girls? Or, I mean, normally they're horrified with me to begin with. but Sir, I don't need to see what's in the bowl. Yeah, no. <laughs> I get yeah. the idea. It wouldn't flush down. This is not a doctor's <laughs> office. 
So I, I, find, I find the piece, and, and on the front of the box, it says universal. So in my mind, okay, okay this is going to work in all the toilets. But I didn't want to have to take it home, realize it was the wrong one, take it back. So again, the 18-year-old girl, I look at her, I go, do you think this is the right one for my toilet? I'm a 50-something-year-old man, and I'm asking this girl. <laughs> Who Googles it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I got it home. I, uh, I made dinner. I, I went, I said, I announced, I'm going to fix the pooper. Right. Me, me, me. And uh, I had a big gathering around the pooper after I had fixed it where everybody gave me a standing wow. ovation. It flushed. It worked. You set the water level? I set, well, I'm a little high on that. Okay. Because it says it's supposed to be about an inch below the overflow yeah. thing. I'm a, I'm a little above that inch. Okay. But not to the top of the overflow. So I think I'm okay. And the top of the toilet, the, the lid would close back down that's over the top a, of that's it? That's a problem. It's a bit, bit of an angle. <laughs> you so, cut a hole to stay through. <laughs> I, put a, I put a brick on it. <laughs> so if you got any plumbing problems, you come to your pally Craigie. It's funny, since telling the uh, story just moments ago about uh, fixing my toilet... A bunch of dudes have all texted in talking about how they had to fix their ball cock. Right, yes. It's, uh, it's great that all men, we all have like a grade six sense of humor. <laughs> he said ball cock. <laughs> giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> One guy talking about how he had to go into the uh, store with his stained ball cock. Right, with the blue puck. <laughs> That's great. You're always welcome to chime in anytime you want, 855-432-ROCK. I, just, I thought this was a funny little story. Do you remember the old classic song from the late 70s, Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh? In the song, he has the line, my Maserati does 185, I lost my license and now I don't drive. Well, there's a couple of major problems with that lyric. First of all, no Maserati was hitting 185 in 1978. The top <laughs> speed was about a buck 33. And... Um, at the time of the song, Joe never even owned a Maserati. Wow. Yeah, he told Rolling Stone recently, he says, everybody has made me feel so guilty about that over the years. The look of sadness on their face. He said, so I finally went out and I bought a 1964 5000 GT Maserati. He says, uh, they say it goes to 185, but I chickened out at about a buck 40. That's great. And uh, Gene Simmons wants to dip into your pocket once again. Oh, boy. He, oh, yeah. Uh, he's going to be at Abbey Road Studio in England, and uh, he's going to be there in July. And he's uh, offering up for fans to come and spend the day with him, record a Kiss song. Uh, it'll cost you 5995 bucks. What? And you can bring one guest. Yeah. Well, hang on. Is it actually going to be a Kiss recording, or are you just recording a Kiss song with him? I think you're going and in. you get to take the tape home. Probably, yeah. Like the old video thing at uh, Wonderland. Probably, that's the idea. I do find this funny. It says, no musical experience is necessary. Oh, Lord. So there you'll have something in common with Gene. <laughs> Tom Sizemore, a, a terrific actor. Uh, he did a, just a ton of stuff in the uh, in the 90s. Seems like he was in, in almost every movie that came out. And one of my all-time favorite, probably my top five, is a film called True Romance that he was in. But, boy, right. he did Natural Born Killers. Uh, you liked him in Heat. Right, yeah, yeah, very good. He was very good. Now, outside of all the acting he was doing, he was getting himself into a lot of trouble as well. He had big, big drug and alcohol problems, did some time for uh, assaulting Heidi Fleiss, if you remember that name. They were a couple at one point. Oh, really? Um, yeah, He. Uh, I read his autobiography. It's amazing that he's still alive, the life he led, but it doesn't look like he's got much life left. He's 61 
and he's in critical condition in ICU after suffering a brain aneurysm and a stroke on the 18th of February. Uh, doctors have basically advised his family to start end-of-life plans. Oh, no. Because he's in a coma and doesn't look like he's uh, coming out of that. So that's a shame. He... Uh, he was a truly a gifted actor, although haunted by, obviously, many demons. I uh, often confuse him with Michael Madsen. Yes, they're very similar. They look, uh, they look similar, but no, Sizemore was in Saving Private Ryan. He was uh, yeah. there as well, too. Yeah, he... Uh, a lot you're of right, big roles. You're right about him and uh, Michael Madsen, because they, they're very similar, tough guys, Yeah, you know? Um, Mark Wahlberg is in some trouble. Uh, at the SAG Awards, he presented the award for outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture to the cast of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's a mostly Asian cast. And, of course, if we remember the story back in 1988 when Marky Mark was 16, he was convicted of assaulting two Vietnamese men and hurling racial slurs at them in the process. It had also happened two years earlier when he was 14, and him and friends were caught harassing and hurling racial slurs at black kids. So he's growing up a lot, obviously. He's not a stupid teenager anymore. He's apologized many times over the years. But his involvement with the SAG Awards has rubbed people the wrong way. One Asian journalist went so far as to say it must have been quite a shock for Mark Wahlberg to witness a group of Asians beating white people. Right. Wow. Yeah. So anyhow, I don't know if he's going to say anything about that or just let it go. Uh, Chris Rock has got a live show, first ever live streaming event this Saturday on Netflix. It's called Chris Rock's Selective Outrage. But here's the twist, outside of it being the first ever live streaming. Uh, there's going to be a live show before and after. The before show is called The Show Before the Show. And it'll include uh, Amy Schumer, Jerry Seinfeld, Arsenio Hall, Leslie Jones. Wow, okay, big names. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show uh, will host. Then after, so Chris's live show is at 10. This first show is at 9.30 Eastern. Uh, then it'll be followed by the show after the show with David Spade and Dana Carvey and uh, J.B. Smooth and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will be a part of that. Okay. For whatever reason. Here's the twist, though. With Netflix streaming everything, uh, his uh, selective outrage comedy stand-up special will stream... But the before the show and the after the show will not stream. Okay. It'll be a one-off thing. Gotcha. So a must-see TV, I guess. Right. Uh, speaking of Netflix, Arnold Schwarzenegger back. He's uh, going to be in a show called FUBAR, eight-episode action comedy on Netflix. Kind of on the True Lies uh, deal, where it's about a father and daughter who are forced to work together after they discover they're both CIA operatives. Interesting, because there's a True Lies TV show that's just started up, there too, is. but it's not involving him. I have not seen that movie in a very long time, but it was, it was good. Great. Tom Arnold was oh, great in that movie. He was brilliant. Yeah. You know what? There was that another... tends to be a bit of a remote drop for me. And oh, Bill Paxton yeah. was really good in that, too. Right, forgot about that. And, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis in the dance yes. routine. That part you don't forget. Don't for, I, I got that on a loop. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, Tom Arnold. He he had his moments. Like there was a rom com called Nine Months, and uh, Hugh Grant was in it. I believe. Shocking, I know. And Tom Arnold played his best friend. Right. And he was just this buffoon of a friend who I think had kids. Yeah, but that was his his role. Yeah, he, he was he was great in. It. I think you know got wrapped up off camera with all the Roseanne stuff yeah. and craziness. Yeah, no, it was it was quite funny. Um, Courtney Cox, she has a bit of a history with Prince Harry. Turns out uh, that in 2016, 
Prince Harry traveled to the U.S. Are we calling him Prince anymore? Has he lost that title? Uh, I think you just say Harry. Everyone knows who he is. Mr. Markle at this point. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she's definitely got those... uh, In a mason jar. Royal jewels. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're on a a mantle somewhere. Anyhow, uh, Prince Harry ended up staying at Courtney Cox's house in 2016 when he traveled to the U.S. Oh, and he was at a party at Courtney Cox's uh, house. Boo-hoo. Right. For despair. Life's been so tough. Anyhow, at this uh, party, he was with a friend, and they spotted a huge box of black diamond mushroom chocolates in the fridge. So they decided to take some and down them with tequila. Then he went and hung out in the bathroom where supposedly the uh, wastebasket and the toilet became monsters. Oh. Uh, he said, not bad monsters, though. He, he left the bathroom giggling. Well, Courtney would like everyone to know she was not the dealer. She says, uh, I didn't even know there was mushrooms in my house, and I definitely wasn't passing them out. I've heard a couple of stories of Courtney Cox parties. Oh, yeah? That she's had. Well, and it might be something to do with her boyfriend is Johnny McDade from the band Snow Patrol. Oh, okay. So that might have the British connection and why Harry was there. But. Oh, perhaps. Mm-hmm. She's been with him that long, though, since 2016? I think so, yeah. Huh. This is a great story about Martin Short. Uh, he was on a flight with Chance the Rapper, and Chance, uh, his daughter, uh, was in a separate seat from her. They couldn't get seats together. So Martin Short sees that he's sitting beside Chance the Rapper's daughter, so he says... Hey, man, I'll, I'll switch seats with you so you can sit with your with your daughter. Of course, Chance the Rapper didn't know who it was until Martin kind of looked right in his face. And, oh, my God, it's it's Martin Short. He referred to him as a kinder, older gentleman at first. <laughs> he goes, oh, this is so cool. Thank you so much. And his daughter freaked out because she's obsessed, supposedly, with the Santa Claus 3. And he goes on to joke in a, a tweet about it where he says, I should have kept the original seat to pitch a script for Martin. <laughs> He said, oh, my daughter will be fine. I want to open my laptop and say, I got a script I'm working on called Four Amigos. <laughs> Martin Short does seem like a, a great guy. Him and Steve Martin are so good together. Mm-hmm. They are so funny together. And everybody's shocked at the success of Cocaine Bear, this movie. Oh, my goodness. It's doing big box office. So now, look out next summer, Meth Gator <laughs> coming to theaters. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.